Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited, so go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. What's up? It's your host, Dr. Morgan, and today's episode is going to be fun. We have got the tea on The Bachelorette. I am going to review this latest season with Gabby and Rachel from an attachment theory lens. So this should be fun. I do want to encourage you, even if you've never watched a single episode of The Bachelorette, you'll still get value from this episode because I will tell you what the relationship scenarios were And we're just going to have fun learning and growing together, applying attachment theory to the relationship dynamics that we saw on this season, and in particular to the finale that came out very recent. Um, I do want to, of course, say I do not know Gabby or or Rachel personally, although they seem like fun. I'm sure we'd get along. Um, And... I know that reality TV is not reality and there's so much that goes into producing a show like this. And I do not talk about anything that happened from a place of judgment. I really hope that this can just help us all learn about 
understanding relationship dynamics and hopefully give some compassion to what was happening this season. So let's get into it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. I do want to just say it's hilarious to me. I used to never watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I had nothing to do with the franchise. I would kind of think, man, what a waste of time, et cetera. And then at some point, at some point I got into it and I think I kind of convinced myself that it was research for all of you. So thank you. I think that was just me giving myself a reason to watch it, but I still don't watch every episode, but I will start watching when there's probably about four to five episodes left. And that's what I did with this season. I watched like the last four to five episodes and of course the finale. Um, So I am by no means a franchise expert, but I can tell you how I would interpret what was going on through an attachment theory lens. So I'm excited. Let's talk about it. All right. First up, we have Rachel. I'm going to start with Rachel. So when I was first introduced to Rachel and she was um, struggling in the show a bit, what had happened is she had these guys that were kind of going back and forth between her and Gabby, who was her co-star, who's also dating multiple men. And they have these two women at the same time, first time in franchise history. And what had happened is some of the men would sort of flip-flop and say, oh, I want to date Gabby. Oh no, I want to be with Rachel. And Rachel was really struggling with this, of feeling the rejection. And right away, maybe just one episode in of watching Rachel, I can tell that this is someone who experiences anxious attachment strategies and anxious attachment thoughts. And it was evident that she was in high, high need for reassurance. This is someone who is very who struggles to regulate her emotions. And I don't know enough about her history, her early dating history, or even her childhood. I don't know enough about that to know where the anxious attachment came from. But what you'll notice is she was so sensitive to what was going on. For example, they're on a group date. It's like a boxing date. And she's there and all the men are there. And what Rachel picked up was that she was being ignored. The narrative that she had in her head, this is very anxious attachment, right? She builds this narrative. I'm being ignored. No one really cares about me. They're not really here for me. She's comparing herself, typical of anxious attachment. She's saying, they all like Gabby better. I can't help but be jealous of Gabby's experience. She seems like she's connecting. She's having so much fun. So Rachel is devaluing herself. And let's just say what would, what would securely attached Rachel do, right? If she's really healing and working on herself, Um, Rachel would 
instead of playing into that narrative, coming up with all these reasons why she's not good enough, she would be assertive and ask for what she wanted. So maybe she would have gone up to the guys and talked to them or made it more clear that she wanted to interact with them. She would have put a little bit more effort into making her needs known, right? Um, And I will say that I think Rachel throughout the season showed both anxious attachment and securely attached traits. I think she definitely has capacity for showing up in a secure way. Um, And we see that there are in particular some partners that are very good at helping her get to that place. All right, let's keep going. So Rachel's season continues and um, I want to talk about two relationships in particular, her final two relationships. So the men are let go, et cetera. She ends up with a partner named Avon and Tino. Now from my lens, as I was watching the relationships unfold, what became clear to me, honestly, was that She was a really good, good fit with Avon. Why was this? Because Avon was very good at providing reassurance and very good at helping to regulate her emotions and patient and present and expressive, communicative, potentially Avon also experienced a little bit of anxious attachment. So he had a really, really um, high awareness of what it was that Rachel's going through. I felt that emotionally Rachel and Avon developed a really good connection. And here's, here's what I want all y'all listening. Even if you've never watched the bachelorette, This is an example of a relationship where maybe it's not the most exciting. Maybe there's not that emotional turmoil and it is that securely attached connection and things are pretty calm. And maybe there's not that, oh my gosh, I need this person, that magnetic pull to someone, but it's stable. It's good. It feels really easy to relax into, et cetera. And it's a very securely attached connection. That was her connection with Avon. Oh my gosh, I forgot to mention her connection with Zach. So those of you that have watched, you'll know, but Zach was in the final three. Here's the interesting thing about Zach. Also, securely attached connection. Rachel and Zach, securely attached. And I can honestly say that what happened and Rachel probably didn't handle this at her best. She probably wasn't able to communicate very well, but it seemed clear that she simply didn't feel she was compatible with Zach. So they were securely attached. They had all the things I talked about with Avon. Rachel was completely herself, completely relaxed. It was a very easy, easy connection. However, she had compatibility concerns and she had wanted to end the relationship. It was pretty clear. Um, And those of you that watch kind of know how that ended, but two relationships, Avon, secure attachment, compatibility, 
great connection, very helpful in getting to secure attachment, right? And then you had Zach that, yeah, it seemed like they had secure attachment, but the compatibility was not there on Rachel's end. And then we have Tino. So those of you that have watched, you kind of know where the Tino story is going, but let's talk about Tino. He's a tall, dark, and handsome, extremely attractive man. And what my take on it was, is that Tino has some avoidance attachment strategies and secure strategies. And Rachel has some anxious strategies and some secure strategies. And the two of them, when emotionally dysregulated, even in some of the early episodes or the last four or five episodes that I watched, I could pick up on that Tino was not great at hearing Rachel's emotions and not great at validating. Tino's go-to response to difficult emotions was, let's change the subject. Why are you thinking about that? Very much like, let me redirect you instead of how can I validate and help you soothe what's going on? So I kid you not, I made my partner watch this with me and we're watching The Bachelorette. And I said to him, Rachel should pick Avon, but she's going to pick Tino. What happened? She picked Tino. And there was parts of her that were seeking to be healed in that, right? And I think it's an important realization that attachment styles can all be on a spectrum. And at their best, when they're both operating from a securely attached place, it's a really healthy dynamic. However, when they would get into anxious and avoidant and they would fall into that trap, it became unhealthy. And I hope y'all, if you wanted to watch the finale, you've already watched it. So spoiler alert right here. Um, What ends up happening is they apparently uh, chose each other. We see it's a beautiful connection. And then after the filming's done, the cameras are off, things start to develop. And what happens, we don't know exactly. I think there's a lot that we don't know is what I could tell from the, um, the AFR after the final rows. Look at me knowing the acronyms. This is scary. Anyways. Um, so there's a lot we don't know, but all we know is that Rachel went through a really, really hard time. And I think from my perspective, she probably was struggling She, it sounds like it was her own stuff. However, once again, realizing that Tino's not the best at tuning in, at validating her emotions, at helping her regulate, I think it probably escalated and she felt even more emotionally dysregulated. And had the two of them gone to therapy at that point and learned how to have open, honest communication, learned how to have dialogue, learned how to co-create secure attachment, they might still be together. But instead, what happened? Well, Tino apparently reported, and who knows how true this is, but reported that Rachel had said, I want to give you the ring back and I want us to go back to dating. What he shared is he felt completely crushed by that. And his way of coping, 
his avoidant attachment strategies came out. His way of coping was completely disengaging from the relationship and trying to get to that place of, I don't need anyone. I can go create what I want. And he kissed a girl, apparently someone he knew before the show, et cetera. His report was that it was just a kiss. We'll never know unless it comes out looking at you, TMZ. Um, we'll never know exactly what happened, but maybe it was just a kiss. And what we know is what I could tell, even in their interactions that we saw, Rachel was so deeply wounded and so emotionally dysregulated that she was not able to hear what Tino had to say. Now, I, I am not defending cheating. I want to make that clear. I'm not, I'm not saying that what Tino did was right. I don't think it was. I think it was a very unhelpful strategy. However, what we saw on the finale was two people very, very much in their anxious and avoidant um, places. And there was no willingness to see what the other person needed in order to create a secure attachment. And what I saw was that Rachel was so wounded that she was not able to be curious about Tino's experience. And Tino was so scared of losing Rachel and the deep, deep wounds of avoiding attachment. I don't wanna be alone. I don't wanna be abandoned. He's so scared of losing her that he was unable to take real ownership and be in his emotions. Emotions are hard for Tino. We see this again, classic avoidance stuff happening. He has to walk out multiple times. Those of you that have been with an avoidant partner, you know, in a tough conversation, what do they do? I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. I gotta take a walk, right? Tino does that on screen. We see it. And they were not able to regulate each other through that experience. And instead of a repair, instead of being deeply curious about one another's experience, we saw deeper, deeper wounding when they had tried to reconcile. And then at the finale, this is where I'm going to be controversial. I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but um, I have to say my truth. And I honestly think that Rachel did not handle the finale well. So the, um, the live after the rose, after the final rose um, finale that was three hours long. Tino's there. He actually comes and he says, I'm sorry. He's trying to communicate that he's sorry. The moment he starts giving context or explaining himself, Rachel is immediately defensive, shuts down, and she's very, very stuck on, well, you cheated. And I will say that if she, she has the right, all of us have different, different boundaries when it comes to cheating. And for some of us, it's a complete non-negotiable. If there's any kind of cheating at all, we're done. And that's totally up to you. And that's totally fine. But what I felt like really bothered me is I didn't sense 
any curiosity from Rachel around Tino's emotions or Tino's experience. It didn't seem like there was any space for him. And I know as women, we ourselves have been so silenced and, you know, we've been called too much and there's not a lot of room for us. It has felt like, right? And so I think so many of us are saying, well, hey, I'm taking ownership. I'm expressing myself. I'm taking up space, et cetera. I love it. Do it. Take up the space. And don't forget to make space for your partner. Don't forget to be curious about your partner's feelings, right? Um, Men have emotions, And they oftentimes struggle to express them. And it's really important that we create a space where a man can express his emotions without judgment. And that was not done for Tino. And the way that the Bachelor franchise left Tino just standing there on the stage, and then they had Avon come out. Yeah, Avon came out. And like swept Rachel off her feet and took her off the stage. And then they just kind of ignored Tino. That was unnecessary. That was unnecessary to do to a human being. I think it was, I think it was low. I think that we can acknowledge that we all make mistakes. And I'm not saying that cheating's right, but it's what he did at the time. And sure, the relationship could have ended, but it could have, it just could have been handled better. Um, Very much an anxious attachment style thing to do to just immediately go off into another relationship. Same with avoidant, right? But they do it for different reasons. Um, But hey, I wish Rachel all the healing Avon was who I thought she should have been with. And frankly, if they had been able to get to secure attachment, maybe it would have been him, but they really needed to um, learn how to create agreement about where the relationship was at. That was their downfall. They couldn't agree on a timeline or where the relationship was at, but hopefully they can get there. And I think that they're a good match. And for those of you who haven't watched The Bachelorette, one of the takeaways is If we experience anxious attachment and we haven't really fully healed it yet, or it's still sort of prevalent for us, it's going to be incredibly helpful to seek out a partner who wants to sit there with you and help you regulate emotions and who wants to intentionally co-create secure attachment with you instead of that person who, ooh, they feed in a little bit to an anxious avoidant dynamic. So that's the saga of Rachel, Avon, and Tino from an attachment theory point of view. Once again, wishing Rachel all the best. And Tino, I hope that you can have a ton of self-compassion and continue to do your own healing work and work to be in a relationship where you can also co-create secure attachment. All right. Like I said, controversial, but that's my truth that I think um, that conversation with Tino was handled very poorly. All right. Moving on. Let's talk about Miss Gabby. So Gabby's fascinating to me and she reminds me a bit of myself and my own dating life. She spent probably, 
I don't know, three fourths of the season being the cool girl, pretending not to have a ton of emotions, not having difficult conversations. She's just fun. And, you know, she's like happy go lucky, um, et cetera. And I can tell you this, Gabby experiences a disorganized attachment style. And we see this because we realize, oh, for the first three-fourths of the season, she's really in this avoidantly attached place. Her walls are up. She's not able to be vulnerable, et cetera. And then we start getting down to the final conversations. And we really see into the deep, deep wounds, the fears of abandonment, the fears of rejection. It's all coming out. And we see the swing to anxious attachment strategies. And I love that Gabby was just so herself and so real. And, um, you know, she's on TV and she's saying, am I just too broken to be loved? She, she said that sentence. And I, I got goosebumps when she said that because that's the core of what so many people feel in this world? Am I just too broken? There's something wrong with me. And we see her go through this emotional roller coaster. um, And she finally does end up with Eric, who, to his credit, is very good at regulating her emotions, very good at showing up in a securely attached place. If I had to um, give Eric a breakdown on his attachment style. I'd say he's probably 75% secure and 25% avoidance. Um, and he had his own things come up when it came to the actual proposal. However, to their credit, Gabby and Eric were able to sit in their emotions. They were able to co-regulate and they were able to create secure attachment together. So what I wish for Gabby is that she really does continue with therapy. Maybe she does a program like the Empowered Secure Love program and that she can really start to rewrite the narrative about relationships because I would want her to step into a place where she knows that She's worthy of receiving love. It's safe to let her walls down. She doesn't have to have deep fears of abandonment, that she can stand up for herself and she can create the relationships that she wants. And she doesn't have to be the quote unquote cool girl in order to be loved. She can have needs. She can have desires. She can have emotions. She can have bad days. She doesn't have to be perfect. We see Gabby, she's on Dancing with the Stars now. And I see her and I go, this is a human who is trying so hard to achieve and to be perfect in order to be loved. And I'm sure she knows that. She seems like she's very insightful. So as long as she knows that and she's working on self-compassion and she's working on her own healing, I know that her and Eric could create a great relationship together. Um, but she's definitely someone who needs to continue to work on allowing herself to be vulnerable, to be close, to express her needs. And hopefully that gets easier for her over time 
in her relationship with Eric. Of course, you got to love the drama. It's The Bachelorette. What we know is that allegations had come out from Eric's ex-girlfriend that he had broke up with her like a week before The Bachelorette started. And she screenshotted the text and came out and it said something like, I'll always love you. This show is not reality. And it almost implied that he thought he could still date her while going on the show. And then on the AFR, on the live, he says, well, I didn't know how to tell her that we weren't compatible, that we weren't a long-term relationship So I used the show as an excuse. And that may very well be true. Maybe it's not. Um, But the reality is, is that he did take ownership. He said it was wrong. He apologized. Here's the thing that created secure attachment between him and Gabby. He told Gabby about it before it came out to the media. Gabby knew about it first. I guarantee you that was an incredibly challenging conversation between the two of them. Maybe they almost broke up. We don't know. However, had he not came to her first and she had found out via the media, I don't know that they'd be together, partly because of her disorganized attachment style and beliefs that you know, she, this, this got me all she's on the show and she's like, I never thought this would work out for me. I hate men. Ooh, girl. Um, people with beliefs about, I hate men. Nothing works out. Relationships aren't worth it. Classic, classic disorganized attachment there. And I used to say that too. I used to say, I hate men, right? I'm just going to be on my own, be independent, whatever. Um, But it just made me, it actually just made my heart hurt for her a bit of that, that she's holding on to that because it blocks you from so much connection and peace and love. If we're really holding on to those wounds and holding on to those beliefs. So I hope she can get to a place where she loves men and she knows that they're safe and that you can create a healthy, long lasting relationship with a partner. This has been your review of The Bachelorette by yours truly, Dr. Morgan. I hope you liked it. Uh, Let me know if you like this kind of episode. Maybe I could do some more research. 90 Day Fiance, anyone? Um, What else? Someone, um, one of my amazing clients had said, sister wives, I believe. Let me know if I need to do some quote unquote research on your favorite dating shows. Um, And if any of you know of any shows that are interested in having a psychologist on staff, that would be my dream. I don't even need to be on the camera. I simply would want to be there in support of these people going through these experiences because it seems so incredibly challenging. So I would love that opportunity to just support them as they went through it. Um, Anyways, that's a random thing, but you never know who's listening and who has connections. Um, I hope you liked this episode. Once again, all the compassion to Gabby and Rachel. I do think they're incredibly strong individuals and they were incredibly vulnerable. They did the best that they could 
And I think that they both have potential to have a lot of love and connection and a lot of healing in their lives if they make it a priority. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Of course, if you want to do your own healing, if you want to get some help to move to a securely attached place, make sure you apply to the Empowered Secure Loved Program. We have limited spots in September, but just a few spots left. Um, So make sure you apply ASAP. All right. I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.